0: Hey, it's Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I have Beth Peterson, massage educator and therapist extraordinaire in South Dakota with me. And Beth, can you introduce yourself and give people a little bit of information about where they can contact you, like your website or social media?
1: Definitely. Um, Thanks for having me on. So um, like Like Robert said, my name is Beth Peterson, Um, based in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, So the biggest city in South Dakota, if you can imagine that. Um, But you can find me at Unwind Body Work. So my Facebook is Unwind Yoga Body and Unwind Yoga Body Work. Sorry. Um, My Instagram is Unwind Body Work. And my website is fallsunwind.com. You can also find me on TikTok at unwindbodywork.
0: Nice. So, Beth, before the uh, program started, we were kind of going over what we might talk about. And the last thing we hit upon was sort of how time massage um, affected your practice. And if I remember correctly, you and I met in St. Louis where you came and took a class and then you mm-hmm. went back to South Dakota. So how is like time Massage in the past, I guess, has it been a year or two years now?
1: It's been a little over a year. Um, a over a year. Yes. Yep. Yep. How, how so, was shortly after, sorry. Um, yeah, so shortly after I took that class, it kind of inspired me to go out on my own. So I actually started my own practice on mind body work. Um, just within a month after going taking your class. So it was really inspirational to me that way. And I wanted my practice to be 100% Thai massage. That's all I wanted to do. And that's what I've been wanting to do since I became a massage therapist um, six years ago. So I just kind of bit the bullet and I went off on my own and started marketing Thai massage. Uh, What I did was I didn't necessarily try to convert my existing clientele to the mat right away. What I wanted to do was get new time massage clients. I had to really start from the ground up um, to get my clients of just time massage, mat based clients. And, uh, about a year later, I'm still still kind of running my practice. I've actually converted almost all of my old clients to the mat. Uh, so now my practice looks like about 99% time massage. It's
0: been really nice. good. Nice. What has that um, transition been like? So that's a pretty sharp, like curve. Starting your own practice, doing time massage. Um, I'm assuming since it's clothes on and mat based you know, it looks very different than what other people are necessarily selling uh, as massage in your area. Like, what's the feedback been from consumers from the, the clients that you work with?
1: It's been really great feedback. Uh, so what I did is I did a lot of video um, production and you kind of inspired me for that. And also Noel Jose inspired me to, to start making, um, making video. So I started making some video and just posting it in any groups, local groups that I could. And I got, suspended from facebook for a short time (laughs) for doing that (laughs) um but so i started doing that i got quite a few people saw it and they thought it was really interesting um but what i really did was i focused on what kind of benefits it gives to the client so what am i helping them to fix so a lot of it is pain relief right or a lot of it was athletes who are in pain and so i just kind of geared my marketing towards uh hey if you're in pain i can help or if you're not getting the results that you want from traditional massage or from you know swedish deep tissue massage i can help so um i just i kind of did that and people were really interested in something that looks different than what they're used to So I got a lot of people right away that were like, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this. Uh, And I also did a lot of uh, networking. Um, So Sioux Falls community is really big on uh, business owners, really big on connecting in the community. So I went to a lot of networking events and just met as many business owners as I could, and just kind of told them what I do and how I help people. And so I actually have built my practice with a lot of business owners um, that way, too.
0: Nice. Yeah. You had a chance to network, um, in person. It's Mm -hmm. interesting. Um, you know, I live in Austin and Austin is sort of a a larger town. Uh, Sioux Falls, you said is the largest city in South Dakota. What's the population in Sioux Falls? Do you know?
1: Um, so I, I think it's roughly somewhere about a quarter of a million, so like 250,000, um, not huge in comparison.
0: Well, uh, 250000 is plenty for you to get some clients, <laughs> Yeah, especially if you're doing something that looks different. I'm always interested to find out how people are packaging, um, delivering the service in their community, how they're networking with people to be able to explain it. Uh, part of the issue with the Reboot Insiders Club is it allows the students to sort of talk to each other to pass on information about what seems to be working for them because – People's challenges sometimes are just different than my own. Um, You know, if you're in a small town, it's like, how do you package and sell a mat-based clothes-on service? And then, like, how do people receive it? So, for instance, um, I'm assuming on your website, I haven't been to it in a while, on your website, you're not really featuring table work. It's just mat work now. Correct. And then, are you getting like emails or phone calls from people who are kind of confused when they hit your website?
1: On occasion, um, I have some people asking me, you know, email or ask me questions, or uh, I get a lot of people from Google. They'll message me on Google and kind of just talk to me and. And I really make it just very conversational. So I just ask them what their goals are, what they're looking for in terms of body work, if they're in pain or (laughs) what they're seeking me out for. And then I can really kind of easily um, weed out who's, who's looking for, you know, just a relaxation table massage. And who's really looking for that pain relief.
0: Yeah. So are you to a point, um, because of the way you're practicing, when people are looking for table work, are you taking those clients at all?
1: No. I, I usually refer them out. Yeah. I have a and, ton of other massage therapists um, around yeah. here, and I, I say, you know, that's not what I do, but here's a really great person who I know um, his or her work, and I know their work is really great, so you should check them out. Because yeah. I don't want to waste my time.
0: Yeah. When you refer someone out, does that person change their mind and say, no, I want to work with you?
1: Sometimes. I've had yeah. some people and they're like, oh, well, thank you so much for that. Uh, and then they, they say, you know, I, I really want to try, you know, Thai massage at some point in the future. I haven't had people say, no way, I, I want to actually come with you. Um, usually they'll say, okay, I'm going to check out these other people, but then I might be back. So. Uh, I'm not sure if I've really seen anybody back
0: from that kind of interaction. Um, I think there's something, there's a a social proof. There's something about, you know, I'm a specialist. I work on Hondas. You know, you have a Chrysler. You know, it would be best if you went and saw somebody who works on Chrysler's. There's something of of social proof about that not wanting every client where Mm -hmm. they actually respond to it and go, oh, but I really want you to look at my Chrysler. And I go, okay, well, bring it in. I'll take a look.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Ne- needy in business is not good. Needy in business okay. is not good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're dying for every client, I think it's, it's problematic for your, you know, your, your marketing. Um, how long after you started, uh, so you took class, were you doing any time massage before you took class with me?
1: No. no, I incorporated okay. a little bit of stretching in through my table sessions. So I you know, kind of stretch your arm out or I do a little bit of stretching, but no, I, I wasn't doing any time. size. I didn't feel qualified to do it until I took a class with you.
0: And then after, well, some people would say, even after you take classes with me, mean, you're not qualified to do it, but. <laughs> <laughs> and then you started, how long after that did you start running a time and size GM in your area?
1: It was just like a month or two. It yeah, was really it was quick.
0: Yeah, and then what? Yeah. What's the overall response been to to that? Um, how often are you running your jam?
1: Uh, once a month. Um, overall, you know, I got a lot of people coming to the first two jams. Like I had like fourteen people at one of them. It's like this is too many people, um, <laughs> and then it kind of dwindled off. <laughs> and uh, eventually, I mean, now. It, my last jam that I ran, I had about, I think I had four people attend and, uh, three of them were just brand new massage therapists and they were interested in learning more about time massage. So I'm kind of thinking about maybe marketing it more towards massage therapists or, you know, students, um, or just recently graduated massage therapists. Um, just because there seems to be more interest there, uh, when, When we're talking about the general public, I think most people, um, just, they don't really understand what it is and they don't really want to do the work or have, you know, have to do it. They just want somebody to do it to them, which is why they pay me to do it. Um, but massage therapists seem to be more interested. So,
0: yeah, it it can be really mixed, uh, when I work with people who are trying to run jams or they're trying to get like a feel for who their tribe is locally, I have some mm-hmm. general suggestions, but each area seems to be wildly uh, different. Um, we don't get a huge number of massage therapists in Austin. We get more people from the acro yoga community or other sort of fringe groups from Meetup uh, who come mm-hmm. to our events that have formed like our core group. Um, it's it's so interesting because. We've run our jam for eight years, and Josh Terry, in particular, I mention all the time because Josh uh, teaches uh, violin. Josh has come to the jam forever. We're good friends. Uh, massage therapists, the ones that do come, will come in and like work with Josh, and they'll ask Josh, like, hey, where do you work? And he's like, oh, I, I teach violin over at school. And they're like, what? They're like, you're not a massage therapist? And he's like, oh, no, I've just been coming here for like eight years. <laughs> That's so really like cool. They they his work is so good, like they can't believe he's just a hobbyist, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, people's response to it, and that's partially my fault, I haven't been as good about the marketing to try to figure out and skewer like who are the people who come to the time of jam. Um, so far what I see is everybody's jam and their situation can be a little bit different. So I tell people that for instance, you know, if they're evangelical Christians, I'm like, listen, go to your church and have the Sunday afternoon praise Jesus gospel hour, Mahalia Jackson you know, time massage jam. Like it, it fits a lot of different communities depending on what it is they're looking for. So it's like, is it CrossFit? Is it yoga? Is it church? It's like, well, I think it could be all of those. It just depends on who's most interested.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah, and it took me, it's been about a year now, and it so it took me about a year to, to find, you know, I really like working with massage therapists. I like teaching massage therapists, which... Um, so it was really cool, you know, but it took me some time to figure out, okay, who am I supposed to be marketing this to? And I got some interest with, you know, yoga instructors and things like that, but, um, nothing really stuck. And so I think, um, yeah, I I guess I think I found my niche there. So,
0: yeah, it just, just depends. And who, who do you enjoy working with? If I was running a jam in your area, inevitably people would come to the jam I was hosting and go we don't like this guy. And I go, okay. <laughs> so go to somebody else's jam. Like, you know, it's like I play different music at mine or, or whatever. <clears throat> There's just a little bit of variant for how uh, people will interact with the event. What have you found is the crossover between um, like, how is the jam affecting your networking? That's more what I'm trying to ask. Community buzz.
1: Oh, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that I've spent enough time networking, um, necessarily about the jam to, to know that it's really done a whole lot. Um, as far as community buzz, I I do talk about it on occasion, but it's not really something that I promote very well. Um, just because I I lose money on it. I don't make money on it. So, um, you know, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know how to answer that.
0: Yeah. Well, the the jam and way it's structured, we've had some challenges internally, and I'm still um, experimenting, trying to figure out how to make it work more effectively so that there's a, you know, time-assized jam in a box that a student can pick up and use more easily than maybe you and I have done so far. Sure. I'll continue to experiment with it, but the way I set mine up, it was not really designed for me to make money from the jam. It was designed for me to make money from like the community buzz, the networking that came out of the jam, and mm-hmm. I would get clients. Um, especially in the early years, I think I was getting on average like a client a month from running the jam regularly. And the mm-hmm. other challenge was the community in Austin just didn't know what time massage was. It didn't exist. Um, even well, just a quick break.
2: Hey, y'all, this is Trent Knox, podcast producer for the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. In this commercial break, I just wanted to say hello to Beth Pearson, who got this notification on YouTube and thought it was her name on the podcast. Hello, thank you for tuning in. Also, currently, we're doing a free trial on the Reboot Insiders Club. Get your first 30 days for free if you go to bit.ly forward slash RIC free trial Or you can go to rgwellness.store slash free trial. Take advantage of that 30 days, over 400 hours of video, course content, and uh, reading material. So go on over there and take advantage of that. Again, it's rgwellness.store slash free trial. Back to Robert and Beth in the studio.
0: So Beth, give them your name again and also tell them where they can contact you, your website, social media again.
1: Sure. Um, So my name is Beth Peterson. I'm the owner of Unwind Bodywork. You can find me on Facebook at Unwind Yoga Bodywork on YouTube under Unwind Bodywork on Instagram at Unwind Bodywork and TikTok at Unwind Bodywork. (laughs) Very easy that way, except for the Facebook one is a little trickier.
0: So as I uh, worked with the jam over time, you know, it worked enough. It created a network. People were talking about it. So time massage was just getting some exposure. You know, I've been teaching, I think in Austin now for about 10 years and there's only to my knowledge, one facility in town that even offers mat based work. So it's had like a weird effect on the local massage community because people kind of know what time massage is, but it's not really accepted by local facilities yet. <clears throat> they don't look at it as a viable option. And because it's a it's um, a specialty, it means that if a facility hires a, a therapist who can do mat-based work, you know, what happens when the clients don't can't replace the mat-based therapist? So there's a lot of challenges. And what I did for private practice was I just – am ornery, cantankerous, and I'm like, this is going to happen whether you like it or not. I don't care if I lose money. I'm going to be here every week for eight years. You're you're going to listen to me come hell or high water. So we'll continue crafting things. Um, I'm also Mm. really, really interested to find out what happens for you because you were explaining to me that in the new year you're starting to teach at a massage school, so you're venturing – much like I did as a therapist, you're venturing now into education. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So, um, I've always kind of had an interest and a passion for teaching and mentoring and and just overall educating people. Um, I really enjoy that. So I, you know, we, you and I had had conversations about it and I was like, how do you know that you're ready to start teaching? You know, I've only been a massage therapist for six years. I didn't quite know if I was qualified to, um, I was like, well, maybe five years down the road, I'll, I'll start teaching them. Um, I decided to kind of just get my foot in the door and I reached out to the current instructor at their, their program. Um, and I, I had just asked her, I was like, Hey, is there any way I can get involved? Can I do a demonstration and time slash to your class or anything? You know, I just kind of want to get my foot in the door and start networking. And, uh, you know, so I actually went there to the school and did a, a short demonstration on time massage. And, um, that same day, she said that they were taking applicants for their second, um, instructor. So now there will be two instructors there in the program. And I said, absolutely. So I went and applied, they pretty much hired me, um, right on the spot. And so I'll start that in January. Um, so in about a month, I'll, I'll start actually teaching, uh, you know, core curriculum at the massage school, um, one of the massage schools here in town. So I'm really excited about that. I think that'll be a good avenue. Uh, and then, you know, my next step in that is to offer continuing education credits. Um, so that's that's pretty much where I'm at.
0: Yeah, I see core curriculum and CE classes as like wildly divergent. Um, I don't teach a core curriculum because I don't think a school would allow it <laughs> because I go, what? I mean, yeah, we'll keep the anatomy of physiology, but what's this other stuff? Let's change this. you know. Um, continuing education allowed me the most freedom to be able to continue expand on what I was already most interested in. Whereas core curriculum meant you had to go to a physical facility in a certain space and time. Like I self-produced and published my own workbooks and DVDs. Um, I liked the freedom that that had. But one of the interesting things that I don't get to see is that I don't get to see someone off the street come in and start doing massage. That's a very different mm-hmm. mentality. I'm working with therapists who've already been kind of taught some basics, and then I have to kind of deprogram them. I don't get them fresh. Right. Yeah. What about, Yeah, it's very uh, different. What about like, like public speaking? Like what, what's most, what is, what is most nerve wracking about the thought that you're going to go teach? What, what, what do you have butterflies <laughs> about?
1: You know, I thought it was going to be the public speaking aspect. Um, but then I found out there are only eight students in the class and you know, I've, I've run the jam before and there were 14 at the, my, my biggest jam was 14 people and I didn't have an issue with it. Um, you know, but I think it's something that I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable about and I'm very passionate about. So it just, it comes a lot easier. Um, so I guess I, I don't really have any butterflies right now. Um, that might change. They'll so talk to me in about a month and we'll see. <laughs> I
0: I would tell you flat out, and this is You know, completely off the cuff, you know, conversation. Even though we're live, if the school owners are okay with it, I would get very used to putting your phone on a tripod, having some sort of lav mic, and every day going live on various platforms. I would actually use the. um, So, in other words, you're going to boost their social media. You're going to boost your social media. You're going to talk about the stuff you're doing. You're going to educate the public, but you're going to inadvertently be teaching the students how to market their practice in 2020, which is just document what you're already doing. Like, okay guys, Mm -hmm. we're going over anatomy today. We're going over the biceps, brachii and the tricep. Like the public is going to go, wow, I've never, I didn't know they did that in massage school. Um, Normally what I get from school owners is they're very apprehensive when I come in because Robert comes in with a film crew and a camera, and he's making us very nervous. Uh, what I hear regularly is we don't we don't allow filming, and I'm like, uh, at <laughs> 2020, like how do you even have a business?
1: <laughs> true, true. So it's not yeah, the that, public that's speaking.
0: a good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not the public speaking; it just makes you nervous because it's new. Do you have imposter syndrome? I heard, I heard something there that sounded like, well, I don't know if I'm ready to teach.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I do struggle sometimes with imposter syndrome. Um, You know, it's, it's almost like a daily struggle, you know, and, and I heard, um, I think it was a podcast that I think it was a Joe Rogan podcast and he was talking to Rob Zombie and it almost sounded like Rob Zombie even struggles with imposter syndrome. So if he struggles with it, you know, I feel a little bit better (laughs) about myself that way too. So, but yeah, it's something that is just always kind of an ongoing battle, I think for people.
0: I think mostly you just have to know a little bit more than the students. That's all. And you just, you just respond to students' questions. It's it's very very simple, you know. It's not uh, pretentious in any way. Um, I don't think that I specifically like lord it over students. Like I ask a lot of questions in class and say, I don't know. I've you know, I know this, but I don't know a lot about the research. I haven't read research studies, you know, that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> what it seems to have drawn is students who are sort of like my colleagues. There's not this, like, top-down differential. I would have a hard time in core curriculum just acting like, I'm the teacher. Be quiet, you know. Um, I have a challenge with that sort of thing. Like, if I have to get the students to pay attention, I'm like, my lecture is boring, bro.
1: Yeah. And I think there's a difference, you know, I think that, um, you know, instructors and to just bringing me on as a younger instructor, too. I think that that's kind of starting to change. I, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, you just got to bring it down to their level. And I don't like that mentality of like, I'm you have to listen to me because I said so, you know, I'm just not that way. Uh, so I'm really excited to start teaching because I think that I can bring a little bit of a different flavor to it than, you know, the the typical, like, do as I say, I'm the teacher, this is what I do. You yeah. um, know, that's just that's not me. And so I'm really excited to kind of just start start to to incorporate more of like a laid back atmosphere to it. And I think uh, today's students really resonate a lot with that because they're a younger generation and they were just brought up differently than, um, you know, even, you know. Gen X, um, boomers, and then even millennials, too. I was brought up very different than how they are today. So I think it's just kind of you got to get on their level a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't completely know. They're just people to me, 90 to 10. Like I just yeah. interact with them and try to figure out how to meet them where they're at, and walk them along. Right. Um, Is there anything else uh, going on in your practice that you're deeply excited about? So we talked about the jam a little bit. We talked about education. Um, What's up with like the CE credit? What are you thinking about there? And what are you thinking about teaching?
1: So I would like to teach a lot of, you know, the Thai massage. You know, I know that you're not really wanting to call it Thai massage anymore, um, which is fair. So I want to learn from you and I want to, um, continue on with, you know, the reboot or whatever you end up naming it to, um, and then teach that.
0: Yeah. There's going to be a challenge for, um, a teacher training program. Uh, You and Noel Jose have both specifically had conversations with me about it. And Mm -hmm. I think part of it for me is I'm confident in what I teach. We don't have a a solid brand yet. And Mm -hmm. in addition, I don't want my stumbling blocks to be you and Noel's stumbling blocks. Like I need to polish it a little bit and pass it on in a way that's going to be a template. Same, same as the time to size jam. Like it's interesting because, you know, I can be a good educator, but like, what do I know about building a brand? I I just wing it. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't know everything. It's kind of like, Creating a situation where a therapist can say, um, you know, you you know how to give a good massage, somebody comes in with knee pain, and you have to do more research. You have to create Mm -hmm. a situation where a student knows, oh, I can go to Google and, like, do more research on referred pain patterns. I could do more research on what nerves are running down through the knee, you know, because it's hard to teach a template that's going to fit every client and their specific needs, there's always going to be someone who comes in that challenges our knowledge base.
1: Mm-hmm. True. It's
0: very true. Yeah. We'll take a quick break.
2: Hey y'all, it's Trent Knox again, podcast producer for Robert Gardner wellness. I want to say hello to our Twitch viewership over there. That's, Not this type of show, but, uh, it is funny that, uh, we've got Dutch viewers from around the world, um, making little funny, little funny comments, little memes going on here. Uh, but anyway, for the massage therapists out there, Okay. Hello. Are we back? Uh, no, 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 no. It, it it uh, the server crashed. So, uh, but we're still up. We're still up. I think we're still up. So anyway, um, the what I was saying was that we're currently doing. Um, a free trial on the Reboot Insiders Club. If you want to take advantage of that free 30-day trial, go to rgwellness.store and take advantage of – rgwellness.store slash free trial and take advantage of that th- – 30-day free trial uh, of 400-plus 400, hour, 400 plus hours of video course content. And in the new year, potentially, we'll have some CE credits incorporated into that, uh, that for those massage therapists looking to renew their licenses or get some CE credits. And um, back to Robert and Beth in the studio.
0: And that is Beth Peterson. Not Beth Pearson. <laughs> That's so funny. So, uh, Beth, can you again just give them uh, contact information where they can find you?
1: Yeah, so I'm Beth Peterson again. Um, I am the owner of Unwind Bodywork. You can find me on Facebook at Unwind Yoga Bodywork, YouTube at Unwind Bodywork, Instagram at Unwind Bodywork, and TikTok at Unwind Bodywork.
0: So as you continue, um, you know, working on education, you know, it's nice to have a conversation with you live where, you know, I just sit with people and go, what are we doing? (laughs) We don't know. We're trying to figure it out. Um, I think there's an illusion that people have it all figured out. I think, you know, I was thinking about this the other night with like Michael Jordan. Like at what point did Michael Jordan become the Michael Jordan that we think of? and it's like he might have been practicing and working at his craft for 15 to 20 years before he ever hit like major public notoriety and before that nobody really paid attention and i think what they don't see is they don't see the 100,000 you know shots he took practicing mm-hmm. practicing yeah. practicing dribbling just fundamental skills and I think that massage and body work as a physical art is very much the same. You know, we can, mm-hmm. we can see what results, <clears throat> but we often don't get a chance to see what they did to get there. The differences with us, Beth, as we continue to grow and evolve as practitioners and educators together, is we're trying to document the free throws and the dribbles. We're actually putting a camera on a tripod, a phone on a tripod, mm-hmm. and showing people, yeah, this is what I do every day. This is how I get good at what I do is I keep practicing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's really interesting because, you know, nobody is ever really there for that practice. Nobody's there for that, you know, kind of very, it's not, um, glamorous, right? It's not like, oh yeah, you know, you just practice, you do something over and over and then you, um, perfect your craft. And then people are there for the end result for when you're really, really good and then you're famous, um, but people aren't really there for that whole process to get there. Um, So I think that's really interesting. And I think it's important um, to, to document kind of where you start from because then not only can you look back on it and say, wow, I was there now look at where I'm at now. But then it shows that human aspect of, we're not all born perfect. You know, there, you have to put the work in, you have to do, do what you do. Um, every day you have to show up and, and do the work. And then it eventually comes.
0: Patience. I have constant uh, conversations with Trent about uh, patience and my lack of patience and so much of the success, like building your business, you know, is it, so I ask you a question, Beth, is it easy to build your practice
1: no absolutely not (laughs) it's the hardest thing i've ever done
0: in my life it's a a big thing and it's not just body work it's business it's like there are multiple layers of well how do Mm -hmm. i package and market and seo for my website and social media and 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 you know you uh mentioned being on tiktok um how do you find TikTok so far? That's one thing. I don't think we've had anybody else on who actually has an, a TikTok account. What has your, been your experience? I know you said you're wasting time on it, which everybody does. <laughs> but like, What is your experience with TikTok so far?
1: It's really different. It's very different. Um, we'll just put it that way. It's very different. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so... I, you know, have been experimenting making completely non-massage related content and some of that content is actually done better than my massage stuff. So I'll continue yeah. making content with the platform. What I would stress to people who are listening to this is that TikTok just went over a billion users and they're actually granting more organic reach than other platforms in my experience. So you can literally sit down and make 10 TikTok videos, and if you're fortunate, you can almost find yourself going viral on their platform if they're funny enough. So looking at massage, because you and I are both now dealing with education, you know, I tend to think like, well, here is your, you know, Palmaris longus. This is where the muscles origin insertion is. On TikTok, that's pretty boring content. But if I tell jokes, and make something funny and use crazy stop, start, you know, like playing two characters. And TikTok mm-hmm. as a platform is kind of like, I told people it's kind of like Snapchat on steroids. It allows some of the interaction that Snapchat does, but its functionality mm-hmm. is is different. There are different things they're allowing via your camera, just on your phone, that you can't get currently on other platforms.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it sort of reminds me of Vine in a way. Um, But interestingly enough, you know, with this is your palmaris longus and that there is a a channel that I follow on TikTok, which is very interesting. It's the Institute of Human Anatomy. And the guy just goes through cadavers and he, you know, he talks about like this is where you're, you know, sartorius is and things like that and he just goes through it and it's actually really interesting and i'll sit and watch his videos all the time um so while it might be like a boring topic for some people i think it's really interesting that he actually has a cadaver and he's he's showing that um and they they have a ton of followers and people just really interested in that kind of stuff so there is a definitely a market for it
0: I, I follow Mechanic Link, and Mechanic Link puts out funny stuff. But some of my favorites at times is like when he backs off and he just does mechanic stuff. And he's like, hey, I got a, yeah. an I- 89 Isuzu. Here's what I'm – it's like, yeah, this is broken. you know." And he just does a little mechanic video in just a minute. Um, I think some of those are great content, and I see the platform uh, developing. It, it's like mm-hmm. social media is what people make it is mostly what I try to explain to them. You know, they have the creative power um, to create whatever they want, whatever they think the audience would be interested in. And when I would teach in a school and go in to, like, give a demonstration or a talk in core curriculum, the students would always ask what camera to start with, and I'd always hold up my phone. Yeah. I'm like, they have no idea the potential reach they have just using that.
2: Absolutely, and you know, and you <laughs> hey, it's Trent Knox, podcast producer for Robert Gardner Wellness. looks like we've lost Robert there. He might have to do a restart on his phone so that he can get back in here, um but meanwhile, I'm blanked out, and uh. Wasn't paying attention to what was going on with the podcast. So uh there he is. There he is. Okay, cool. Free oh nope, he's gone again. So uh you know, this is the fun of twenty first tech 21st century technology. You know, I was just reading an article trying to figure out why we lost the server. And uh looks like uh even in the even in almost 2020, in twenty nineteen into twenty nineteen, you can still freeze your computer and it becomes worthless like a pet rock. So, um, (laughs) so it looks like, uh, so we have Robert back in here. So I'm going to dip out and, uh, back to Robert and Beth in the studio.
0: Tech problems. (laughs) Um, I like I was making a, I was looking at it last night because I got like a blemish on my forehead last night, just before the day before the podcast. Right. This is always when it happens. And then I almost made like a TikTok where I'm zooming in on my zit, you know, like talking about the- <laughs> like, how does this happen when I'm 42? Ah, you know, the sort of, you know, joke. It's like people resonate and relate to reality essentially, and yeah. the forms and the communication that the phone give us are what I'm trying to encourage students to use. I think also, you know, I have a biased perspective as a male in the industry um, and also doing a form of work that's clothed. When it came to uh, clients, like, how did you find, like, clothes on mat-based? I think you and I have had some conversations in private about this, Beth. How did it mm-hmm. affect practice? Like, what did you see with clients? What was the the difference? Like, for instance, did you feel mm-hmm. safer working on clothed clients.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, previously in, in practice when I was working, you know, um, just regular Swedish deep tissue massage. I had within, I guess the last year, you know, I, I just, I had an influx. A lot of people were asking, um, for services that I don't provide. And, um, since I started my practice I've only had one situation that was a little dicey and I just said you know what that's not appropriate that's not what I do I need you to leave and that was it um, but it was a lot easier and I felt a lot more comfortable and safe in the in the situation than I ever did when I was um, working with a close off client I have had some situations where I I felt really unsafe and I broke down and cried, you know, um, and it, it was, it's tough. So, and it's, it's hard to be in that situation because you never know what somebody's going to do. Uh, and then, you know, if their clothes are off, it just, it just adds this level of, um, Yeah, it's, it's just, it's not a a good situation. So I actually prefer working with my clients fully clothed, especially the males, um, just because I, I feel safer, but then there's no question about what, you know, what, what's going um, to happen. So,
0: yeah, There, there are culturally systemic issues. I think it's interesting to get feedback from women who are working with me as colleagues, um, I get a lot of flack online for various things, and I don't think 80% of the massage marketplace being women, I don't think sometimes they understand how revolutionary what I'm teaching is and how it even changes the packaging and marketing. Yeah, like, it's a very I mean service, and it's like for me, yeah. I, I get frustrated for you because. I'm trying to figure out how do I keep students and women safe in my industry? How do we, how do we help you avoid those situations? Because that's not why you went to massage school.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that's a, that's a really loaded question. I, and I don't think anybody really has a true answer for that. Um, You know, I think on the individual level um, as a woman, you know, what I've done is I just said, you know what, I'm not going to deal with that. And my clients are going to stay fully clothed. And, you know, and I hold myself very professionally, um, you know, and I, I have a very hard boundary when it comes to uh, my clients, you know, especially my male clients, I have very like, um, I guess my demeanor is very professional and um, kind of more serious uh, initially, especially when I first meet a new client. Um Later on, as I get to know them, as as we have built rapport, I tend to kind of be a little more laid back and I'll joke around with them or I'll talk to them more on a personal level. Um, but right up front, I'm very much like, you have pain, let's fix your pain. And that is it. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's just you have to, as, as a woman, you just kind of have to be pre- prepared for things um, in any given situation. You have to just always... Prepare yourself, but don't live in fear, you know, because if I lived in fear, if I thought every single one of my clients was going to come in and sexually harass me, I wouldn't do what I do. So I don't live in that fear of like, oh, somebody is going to do this to me um, because I don't think that's a healthy way to look at it. I think you just have to understand that, yeah, it may happen, um, but then you have to have a, a good um protocol for what are you gonna do about it if it does?
2: can I come in real quick and say something um so just keep it a little light more lighthearted and break the tension here uh what what do you think <laughs> Robert should do since he's such a such a good looking man, you think that what happens when the ladies come on to him or the 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 massive big boys the bears come after him what 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 does a man <laughs> do in the situation?
0: Well, that's a good question, too. In, in, my, in my world, and I've had these conversations with lots of therapists, I, I've talked to men in my industry who said that it's very regular. It's a, a recurring theme that women would come on to them in some way. And I just felt like, oh, I guess I'm not very attractive <laughs> because that's never really ever been an issue. Um, I have had gay men where it's an issue, but... I've only had the experience of being like really uncomfortable in that situation twice. And one of them was I, I was very new as a therapist and I had worked about a year. Um, I took a gig going to a hotel room at an LSU football game years ago. Um, I just, I needed the money. I, you know, whatever. Okay, sure. You know, and I show up and when I say this guy was larger than me, he was probably over 300 pounds. I knew in that moment that if he wanted something, I could not physically force him off. And you get a chance as a man to experience what women are potentially complaining about as far as power dynamics. Now, I could go into more detail about that uh, particular you know dealing, but... I think mostly what I did was I drew clients. I knew I would always be at a disadvantage as a male therapist because people were maybe uncomfortable. I used video to my advantage and always, Beth, what I did was I always focused on their pain. It didn't Mm -hmm. matter if they were male, female, gay, straight. It was like, hey, what's going on? Where are you hurting? It was very Mm -hmm. obvious that it was more of a medically minded service instead of something that was uh, sensual. Um, and at that time I was still just working on a table. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's pretty much the approach that I have with it. You know, I'm just like, you know, and I haven't had an issue with it, um, you know, in over a year. So, um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I guess I'll just leave it at that.
0: You've got a roster of clients now, Mm-hmm. What happens to new people who call or contact you? So I'm assuming your website, just map based video, some photos. It's only map based. Do, what kind of phone calls do you get? Do you still get, you know, uh, people calling for, a, un, you know, basically services you don't offer as we mentioned it.
1: Um, I think so. You know, they won't come out right out and say it like, Oh yeah, I'm looking for this. Um, but they'll, they'll, be a little more, they'll, they'll use more, um, arbitrary language. And, you know, so what I do whenever I have somebody new call me, I ask them first and foremost, Hey, um, have I seen you before? Have you been in? And, um, and then they'll say no. And, you know, we'll talk kind of, I'll just ask them like, well, what are your goals? What are you looking for? What, um, are you in pain? You know, and I'll just kind of focus on what they actually, you know, asking them what they want versus them asking me what I do, Um, because I I feel like that kind of flips it a little bit. um, And it it helps me to weed out the clients that are not right for me.
0: Yeah. I didn't know if uh, based on the changes. We'll take a quick break.
2: Hey again, this is Trent Knox, podcast producer for Robert Gardner Wellness. I just want to come in here real quick and do a last break for this live stream, for this podcast, and let you guys know that the holiday sale is coming to a close on January 2nd. So after the first, we're going to be closing that sale for 20% off of all digital workbooks and videos. If you want to take advantage of that, head to bit.ly forward slash RGW holiday sale and take advantage of 20% off of our full uh, workbook, digital version, our videos, digital version, and pretty much all the workbooks, digital version. And, uh, don't forget, prices are going up for classes, workbooks, and, um, and CEs in the next next year in 2020. So take advantage of that now to get 20% off of all digital workbooks and videos. Back to Robert and Beth in the studio.
0: So Beth, give them your name again and uh, again where they can contact you, your website and social media. Sure.
1: Uh, so I'm Beth Peterson. I'm the owner of Unwind Body Work. You can find me on Facebook at Unwind Yoga Bodywork, on YouTube if you search for Unwind Bodywork, on Instagram at Unwind Bodywork, and TikTok at Unwind Bodywork.
0: So as I was saying, I was just wondering, you know, if there was a difference uh, in your marketing in the response that potential clients were having when they find your website, because I think a mat-based, close on practice visually looks very different. So I didn't know if there was like a, you know, a chasm between what you were getting before and what you're getting now as far as like new leads or people looking mm-hmm. for services.
1: Yeah, yeah. And in, in general, you know, um, previously, like I said, I started my business um, just time Massage. I hadn't marketed... Um, you know, Swedish table massage, I don't know that I could market it. Um, But so I wasn't doing any of the marketing where I was at previously. Um, But what I wanted to do when I first marketed um my my business and my brand was to really focus on athletes and the pain pain relief and um what I found is a lot of athletes they're in pain in in some way or another I I see a lot of people with migraines a lot of um hip pain or low back pain things like that from lifting or uh, run runners I see a lot of runners and things like that so I really geared it towards that um mostly and I feature a lot of women in my um my videos just because, um, it just, I don't know. That's just how, how I, I feel comfortable marketing my business. So I see, but I see a good, you know, 50, 50 between men and women. Um, there isn't really like a, one or the other. So, um, but other than that, no, I mean, I just, I really focused on that pain and, and helping people to relieve their pain
0: There's so many layers in 2020, uh, so many avenues for marketing uh, promotion that we have that just weren't available in 1980. I'm really interested to see what your teaching journey is going to be like, especially teaching out a core curriculum. Um, if the students frustrate you, feel free to give me a call. Um, I will laugh <laughs> through the entire sure I <laughs> conversation. <laughs> um, I, I also yeah. suspect you're a deeply heartfelt uh, practitioner. I think it's going to be interesting when you start interacting with students. Um, you know, you're one of the therapists that you do it because you love it. Like you want to make money, but I don't sense mm-hmm. that money is your primary goal out of uh, doing massage and body work. Yeah. So working with, therapists going through core curriculum, trying to figure it out. I think also as an educator, what I found is it really refines what I do because you really understand it as you start trying to convey that information and teach it to someone else. Sure. What else are you most nervous about, about going into education? whether it's CE or core curriculum.
1: You know, I, for the first time in my life, I don't really feel nervous about any, about anything really. Um, Which is funny because like when I started my practice, I was very, very nervous. Um, But I I haven't felt any, any nerves or uh, haven't felt like I'm nervous at all about teaching in general.
0: When you went into private practice, was the nervousness mainly about finances and making sure to stay afloat?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, it was like, uh, well, I I had like you know, they always say that when you start your own business, you should have like three to six months of income and savings, right? I started with maybe a month. Um, and I was like, Well, <laughs> I'm gonna go for it and we'll see kind of how how it goes. And so I was nervous about getting that, having that income and being able to pay my bills and feed myself. Um, but I was also nervous that, you know, I wanted to people to like it. I wanted pe- to help people. And I, wa- you know, wanted to to just, I didn't know how to market. I didn't know how to do any of that initially. And I think that most business owners don't, you know, when you start a business, you don't really know. You know I'm born with this intuitive sense of how to market, how to do your books, how to how to do all of these things, so you really have to learn as you go. And that was something that I think I was nervous about initially because I had no idea how to do it. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing.
0: The <laughs> thing is, I would I would encourage somebody to have three to six months of income, you know, or whatever that's nice. Um, there's yeah. something about the adversity. There's something about having that thin margin mm-hmm. where you go okay, I got to figure this out, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which, which I, I like that, you know, like you tell me I have no budget. I'm like, exciting. <laughs> you tell me you have 10K in budget. Yeah. I'm like, ah, boring. You know, um, <laughs> I think yeah. also I'll always ask students in class, what do you want to do? And I think they're a little confused by that because they think it's just this arbitrary question. But if you have a passion for it, that's what you should go do. If your passion is cookies and you love cookies and you want to talk about the crumb and the texture and the ingredients and this and the cooking temperature and why you cook it at 425 and not 400 degrees. And this is what it does. And if you're passionate, you can learn the business. You can learn the yeah. marketing packaging, sales, social media. What I can't do is I can't teach you passion.
1: Right. Exactly. And, in the,
0: and in the down times, the passion will get you through.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, because then you know that what you're doing something for the love of doing it, not just, you know, because it's like, oh yeah, I can can, can do it. Um, yeah. And then you're just you're really excited about it. And that's I think where a lot of marketing and branding comes from is just that passion. You know, people want to see that realness come like dripping out of your is they want to see that kind of that passion so i think it's really exciting
0: well like our our subscription service it's interesting because i read a comment i think on massage entrepreneurs and a guy said something about it he like f- clicked the link and like went to the thing to almost subscribe but he said it looks scammy to him and i went oh huh? <laughs> <laughs> and i <laughs> thread, i'm like what makes it look scammy because i'm looking for information and feedback and i think One, we're doing something that's completely unheard of in our industry, and then Mm -hmm. when I look at the fans that we've amassed, which isn't a huge number, but when you look at the fans that we've amassed inside the Reboot Insiders Club, nine times out of ten, the people will just tell me, like, Robert, I – I don't know, man. Like, you you want to help people in chronic pain, and you're super passionate. Like, I – I would basically pay seven bucks a month just to see what happens a year from now. <laughs> like it's it's obvious that this is your you know calling, and I mm-hmm. think that goes a long way. Um, the other thing about social media and using your phone, you talked about the time and size jam, is I think it's it's too much work to be fake. It's much easier to just press a button on a camera on a phone and just stream and talk to people. And it's uh-huh. much easier when you're being authentic and actually connecting with people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'll, I posted a video recently. Um, I was holding my cat. I was like, here's my cat, you know, and um, and people really liked that. They were like, oh, yeah, it's a cute cat. Um, the, actually, yesterday I posted a video. I was like, I had my arm draped over a banister and a, a tennis ball like in my armpit. And I was talking about releasing the subscapularis and, uh, you know, I posted that um, on my page. So it's just, you know, it's just how how can we be real people in, in a world where everything is fake? You know, you got fake. Everything is just manufactured. And I think that people are just dying to see that realness.
0: There's so much more that we could say, Beth. And much like I told you before we started the podcast, um, an hour never seems like enough. We could probably have you on um, again in the future. And I really appreciate you coming on board, talking with everyone. Can you tell everybody your name and where they can contact you one last time?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and I appreciate you having me on today. Um, it's it's been it's always good talking to you. So you can find me, I'm Beth Peterson at um, Unwind Bodywork. So my website is fallsunwind.com. You can find me at Facebook at Unwind Yoga Bodywork. And YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, all at Unwind Bodywork. Pretty easy to get a hold of there.
0: Listen, thank you so much for coming on and sort of sharing your experience. Um, I'm really, really excited to see you get into education. We'll continue to be in touch. If you have any future ideas about podcasts, let me know. And I really, really appreciate your time.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.